and welcome to another special edition of the Michael Deacon program. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Joining me tonight is Mr. Dr. Paul Cottrell. You know him well by now. He's been giving us the hard-hitting truth on this channel. We will also be joined by a first-timer. You might know him as Thomas. Composer, plague historian, all-around internet darling. Give him a warm welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Hello to all of you in the chat room. I see you. For those that want to join in on the conversation, please remain calm. Eventually, you will be able to join us. Of course, hello to those in the future listening to the podcast rendition of this program. Check the description below this video for more details. My goodness, I want to thank all of you yet again for being here. This will be very fun. I had so many other things to say, but both men are waiting. Let's bring them in one at a time. And I think Thomas is back there coughing up a storm. Thomas, what's going on? Are you staying away from the coronavirus? As, as best I can. Thank you for having me, Michael. No problem. Let's bring in the doctor. Let me unmute him here and bring him up. Dr. Paul Cottrell, how's it going? Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you once again for being a part of the program. It's always fun when you're here, Doc. <laughs> I like calling Callie. <laughs> for sure. And and how have you been? Have you been sleeping, Paul? You know, I'm always worried about you. Well, I, I, I'm sleep deprived, but I, I feel as though I have to do this. Um. But I'm, you know, it, it, it's wearing on me. It really is. And not just me, it's wearing on some of the other channels that have been producing a lot of the COVID-19 uh, content like Peak Prosperity and Box Mining. You, could, you know, they're even, you know, saying they're stressed out and, and tired. You know, it's, it's daunting. It's a very daunting task. You've been all over the place here. Yeah. All yeah. over YouTube, making these videos nonstop, and it's drawn... Uh, quite a, quite speculation. There's lots of individuals out there who have been sort of wondering about you, Doc. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know how let the, them wonder. You know how they you are know. online, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's the trolls. There's, you know, there's the ones that have cognitive dissonance. There's the, the individuals that want to, you know, put their head in the sand and, um, we, I, the premise that I have is, is that we have never seen anything like this ever in our lives. And the, the world is so interconnected now. It's much, much different than it was in 1918. And we, we need to really think about this for a real quick sec. I'll be short on this. But in 1882 was when electricity was invented by Thomas Edison. All right. And it was, it, it was put, it, it was put in, into, um, into homes at about that time. So when 1918 happened the, with the Spanish flu, we only had electricity for 36 years. Right. And now speed all the way to where we're at right now in 2020. 
well, we have nuclear power and all the interconnectedness the world is that if certain things go down, huge infrastructures that that uh, and need lots of people and a lot of material start to break down. Healthcare, um, the power grid, the nuclear power. You know, we we may actually see a Chernobyl here in the United States if 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 it tears through the economy and, and people can't go to work and can't get the material and the, the supply chain start to break down. It's it's not just it's not just a biological issue. I mean, we're going to see a major tear through of the economy. You, you're starting to see that with the S and P 500 blowing past the 200 day moving average in one week. Yep. But I mean, you yeah, know, let, hey, let the naysayers in? let the naysayers you know say all they want. The reality is is the reality, and it's creeping up. And you know, and on your show, I, I, your show was one of the, one of the the top three or four that I was on at the very beginning. Very true. And all the things that you've been talking about, you've been right on the money, my friend. And by the way, I think, I think Thomas wants to get in here. Thomas, did you have something to add? Go ahead. Don't be afraid. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, I'm going to agree with Dr. Cottrell and the stress that he's feeling is because he's got literally the weight of humanity on him. Uh, for all noble reasons. Uh, in 1918, uh, you're right. Uh, electricity was 36 years old. Right now, what would a Walmart look like without Chinese products? Because that's what's going to happen. We're going to go ahead and have a run on things like we've never seen. And then we're going to see rapid attrition uh, on a societal level. And it's not just America. It has shown up. There were 2,000 uh, new cases. Uh, overnight, and that is in Tunisia, uh, that is in Senegal. I assume it's going to be in Algeria, which means it'll march into France. Uh, the clarity of this is shocking, and Dr. Cottrell has been prescient in sounding the alarm when there was less than 200 deaths. So, uh, you know, but kudos to you, Dr. Cottrell. Well, I, I wish I was wrong. I mean, because I don't want people harmed. I, I don't. I mean, my whole premise was to try to save lives and to have people come together to, tr to try to help their neighbor. But the reality of the situation is in the numbers. If we go to the, the Johns Hopkins website, what they're publishing, and I believe they're publishing lower numbers than what they really are. But they, as of today, yeah. as of right now, 93,000, over 93,000 people are confirmed with COVID-19. Okay. We believe that number is 10 or 20 times higher. So that's just what they're publishing yeah. right now. And the number of deaths is 3,162. We believe that's either 10 or 20 times higher. And the recover, the recovered is uh, 48,327. Now we got to keep in mind, they have crematoriums running 24 seven in China. Well, if you're running 24 seven crematoriums in the Wuhan area or the, uh, you know, or the, or its province, uh, you're going to have more than 3,000 deaths. You know, you're going to be, your flow rate is close yeah. to 1,000 a day. Not, uh, not you know, so the, the death rate numbers are way too low. Um, but the reality I, I, of the situation is we're starting to see it creep up. We're starting to see it creep up in the United States. We already have, as of right now, 122 cases that are confirmed with COVID-19. And we already have uh, uh, admission from the CDC 
that they really don't know how many numbers that we really have on the ground because they haven't been testing because either the, the local municipalities don't have the test kits or the doctors, when they fill out the paperwork to get the approval to have the CDC to test the, 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 the test swabs, um, they deny the doctors. So we have a major cover-up exactly. going on in the CDC. So, I mean, and we have already yeah. nine deaths, Huge. nine deaths in the United States. Yeah, if I can weigh in, the tests themselves have a 30 to 50% accuracy rate. We've got asymptomatic patients, and then we've got a 15% reinfection that China just admitted to. So these are people who are deemed cured, and they go out and they're interacting with the public and with their families, and they're carriers. So we got a bunch of typhoid Marys. So you're exactly right, doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the CDC, when you and and uh, Alex a- Azar, who's right under Pence, yeah, Alex Azar is kind of running the running the group for, for the task force. But then uh, then uh, Pence is uh, you know is overseeing him and and coordinating. Um, yeah. But Alex Azar and uh, even Nancy uh, Mezine. Uh, basically, you know, basically saying, ah, it's not that bad. Maybe we'll have some more numbers, but you know, they're not. They're, and then they say that there's all, it's a 14 day incubation, and it's way more than a 14 day incubation. And there's multiple cases, multiple cases where the quarantine was only 14 days, and they let them out in the public. Well, it's crazy. And this thing, yeah. So I mean, that, now now we wonder why we're having all these deaths, and 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 it's starting to sprout off. And with and and, and Michael, yeah. I told you last week that I believe that the seed centers were going to be in California, and you're starting to see it. That's right. You're starting to see it right now. Yeah, you've been dead yeah. on with a lot of the things you've and, been talking about, and it's been uh, scaring me to be honest with you. You know, I stopped shaking hands with people about four to six months back. And some people were thinking maybe, you know, perhaps it's it's a little rude to be doing that. I, I recall a friend of mine told me that, and I thought, uh, I don't want to get sick. So, you know, if, if you're going to shake my hand, I'm going to give you a fist bump. That's that's about it. It's it's no it's, it's not no disrespect, but I mean, I, I'm not getting sick. I'm trying everything I can not to get sick. And just this morning, I woke up with a slightly uh, scratchy throat, and I thought, oh shit, I'm dead. Well, I'd attack that with that nano silver. Get I'm, some nano silver. I'm Michael, good get some nano silver. Buy that nano silver gel or liquid and, and you know, start taking that now. But well, to be honest with you, I've just been gargling um warm water and salt and taking some medicine. No, no, as no, no, well. no, no. I, I I you know, that that's good for the mm-hmm. you know, the normal, you know, cold. You sure, need that sure. nano silver. Yeah. Do a rush order for you definitely want that either liquid or gel. It doesn't matter. But a, a liquid for you would probably be better for just getting it down on the throat. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like to ahead. extrapolate on Dr. Cottrell's argumentation, which I think is right. There's um, 47.8 million elderly people in the United States. And that is where you're going to see die offs. You're also going to see die offs in prisons. Uh, it's going to impact public schools. Uh, social mm-hmm. events, you know, our lifestyle, our GDP is what 68% of our, uh, 68% of our GDP is, um, is consumerism. That's going to be affected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're going to see collapse, little collapse. 
Exactly. And, you know, you just heard in the news today with Chairman Powell, who's the head of the Federal Reserve, uh, cutting rates. Well, that's just to help the banks. It's not that the transmission mechanism is broken because people are not going to be buying. The only thing buying, the only buying that they're doing is to stock their house with supplies. And that's it. And that's going to be short term. And then once there's a lockdown, it's just going to tear through the economy. So there's a transmission mechanism that's broken between the Federal Reserve and the, and the, you know, the every Joe economy. And it's only a a quick bailout for the banks. We're going to see another leg down on the S&P 500. Oh, huge. And it's, you know, it it went up 1,200. Everybody was celebrating. Then it was down 800 today. Uh, It's lower, lower highs and lower lows. I have a question for you, Dr. Petro. Um, Mm -hmm. You referenced the Spanish flu. So uh, it first rose in January of 1918. They called it the three-week fever. Uh, it, It was literally the first wave because it lasted from January to June 1918, and, you know, health officials declared it was over. Uh, but then, of course, it reared its head when winter came back, so October of 1918. And within a year, it killed more people than the Black Death of, you know, 1347 to 1352. Do you see this uh, pandemic as having a first wave, a second wave, and a third wave? Yes, I think that there will be a, a secondary and a tertiary wave. The question is, Will it be worse or will it be attenuated? I think it's going to be worse. Yeah. But we don't know for sure. Because, you know, when when a virus goes through a population, sometimes through the mutations, it becomes less virulent. The the replicates for viruses are are, are not very good. So that's why there's lots of mutations that take place. Uh, And eventually the virus attenuates and starts to um uh, learn to live with its host or learn to live within the population and it, it, it's similar to like flu no. which is kind of like seasonal but it's not as but when it yeah. does that first jump between species um it's very it just you know it's, it's very brilliant until it, it starts to attenuate but who knows i mean we're worried about the cytokine storm um on the second wave um yeah, but we don't know. Unfortunately, we're in what I call the fog of war, and this is where the you know the quote scientists you know they they wait until there's so much data that it's already too late, you know. Yeah, and exactly. you know some, when you're exactly. on the battle, you have to make decisions. Sometimes you have to you know shoot first and aim later. You know, you just have to yeah. knee jerk react, and, and because it, it, because if you don't. You, you, um, you're not protecting yourself. You're not protecting the herd. You're not protecting the society. Sometimes you have to overshoot and protect, try to protect because of the unknown, the unknown unknowns that are dealing, that we're dealing with. You have to err on the side of caution in this case, in this case is to, you know, to, 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 to uh, hyper prepare. Because if you underprepare, you're way worse off. Right. And that's something we talked about, doctor, weeks ago about being prepared for anything to come. And lots of people out there are already rushing to Costco or wherever they go shopping and stockpiling up ready. Right. I mean, I'm, I have, I have a lot of people calling in in, in my show that's overseas and I'm having, um, people sending me pictures and some of it I post, but it's happening in France. It's happening in Germany, and it's happening in England, right. where there's the, the, there's the, the started the start of shortages. It's happening in Lower Manhattan, where, where I live, with uh 
with some of the, the grocery stores, the, the certain food items are out of stock or are about ready to go out of stock, and it's happening in New Jersey. Now, I'm sure it's also happening in other areas of the United States, probably Washington, Seattle, Washington, but, but, um, but um, you know, it, it, it's starting. The, the shortages are starting. And they've been out of masks for a while, but now we're talking about food items. Yeah. And we've seen long, we've seen on the on mainstream news long lines of people at uh, you know Home Depot or at Costco, oh, or, yes. you know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing. And, really. and and what is so what is so insidious is that people have learned to treat the CDC as some religious figure, and they have dropped the ball right and left. So has the the who. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. been horrible and. What, you know, I've got another question for Dr. Cottrella, if I could. Go ahead. Um, okay. I, you've been on the money. It, you, it, it's been, you know, a, a prescient experience. Uh, I am reminded of Persia, which had, uh, you know, a, a number of um, uh, outbreaks. Uh, you had Constantinople and Turkey in 541 and 542 under uh, Justinian and Theodora. And then you had, this is the reference that I'm making, you had something like uh, London in 1665 where the officials uh, thought it was more important to calm the populace than to actually sound the alarm. And that ended up very badly for them. They ended up, um, you know, nailing uh, uh, one infected uh, family member into their home along with their families <laughs> and everybody died. Um, you see this thing getting uh, to a point where they're going to have to do draconian martial law because of the chaos coming down the pike. Yes, yes, definitely. And that was one of my, you know, early yeah. uh, talks with Michael. You know, I was concerned about this BioPatriot Act coming right. in and do and and where it's uh, it, it's theme, it's like a FEMA camp, um, uh, uh, tertiary uh, containment zones with the military. Um, you know, um, uh, procurement of, of different food, food stocks, you know, with certain suppliers, we hear that already. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of power that HHS and, and CDC has where they can curtail our freedoms, our individual freedoms and, and lock down the society. And I, I don't think most Americans realize that they have those powers. And then once yeah. once they have that vaccine that's on that, that the messenger RNA platform that doesn't have any long term testing on efficacy, but let's just say they pass as clinical trials, um, are you are you know, is Americans willing to t- be forced vaccinated? I mean that's where we're going with this. It seems because like it. The, the, the flu, the common flu, doesn't destroy the economy like what we're, we're, we're what we're talking about right now. We, we are seeing a yeah. potentiality of another Lehman crisis happening. And exactly. And, well, the, the, right. And the, 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 the government is going to say to prevent that kind of economic disaster to ever happen again, we're doing forced vaccination. And it opens up the door for what I've been screaming about from day one is this, my worry about the BioPatriot Act. Yeah, the this is like a 9-11. This is like a 9-11, a slow-mo 9-11. It's related to, you know, uh, a pathogen. But it, right after 9-11, it rolled into the Patriot Act and eroded our civil liberties. Well, something very similar exactly. is going to happen with our biological civil liberties. 
and we're going to be forced vaccinated okay. and put into, into, into like FEMA camp. I sure and, hope you know, not. And, and not, okay. not, you know, not to, not to, not to uh, focus too much on my family history, but <laughs> my family history came right out of the Holocaust. We know exactly what this wow. means, you know, and, you know, I yeah. had uncles that were tattooed and, you know, you know, with the number that and I, I had, know. you know, my grand, my grandmother's brother and mother died from the Holocaust, you know, and I just, I wow. see this, you know, coming in and I just, I, it screams to me being a Jew, it screams to me that I got to do something to prevent this from happening. But I'm, I'm frustrated because I don't see my, my, my fellow citizens in the United States getting up and galvanizing, saying, hell no, we don't want this to happen. Yeah, most are, just, it, it seems like when, they're like when, sheep being when there's like, enough gas heard, heard it in. Right now, they're in a state of denial. And the thing about it, here's my next question, Dr. Cottrell, is um, do you believe that this is a bioweapon and it has been launched at China because uh, it would cause economic uh, collapse in the United States? Uh, therefore, they use China as a proxy, uh, knowing that we're so dependent on it. Well, there's, you know, there is that working theory out there. This is where I'm at with this, you know, just to be short with it. I believe it was a biological engineered virus. I can, can prove it in three different vectors. One vector is through the genomics and, you know, and the, 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 the bioinformatics side of it to prove that it was sure. bioengineered. There, the probability of it being zoonotic is so low that it's, it's so impossible. And then if you look at the research that goes all the way back to 2010, you can see how they were building up the virus. And you can see the, the logical steps that were, that were being taken to build up the virus to study it in the bat host, because that's its natural host for SARS. They were trying to come up exactly. with therapeutics for SARS. So because it's so virulent, it had to be in the P4 lab or, or BSL. We have it also yeah. in the BSL4 lab yeah, in BSL4, the United States. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you, you know, know where a lot I, of those virologists my working, were trained? My working hypothesis. They were trained in my own. <laughs> you gentlemen my, were talking wait. over each other um, one at a time. I'm sorry. Go on, Dr. All right. So, so my working hypothesis is this, that it was accidentally leaked out of the P4 facility because of, of bad safety protocols. I think, though, that the, I, I believe that the CIA is using this as leverage to pull down the CCP. They're taking it. They're taking it as uh, have, have some using it as an advantage to try to, to overthrow President Xi. Um, but I, I don't believe that it was purposely let out because anyone that lets it out on purpose, they can't. They know they can't control it. There's no way that they can control it. It's a, it's, it, 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 you can't control by a, a, a biological um, um, uh, pathogen like that. It'll infect, it'll infect everybody. Yeah, I agree, doctor. And, you know, for the audience, a, a, a BSL-4, that's a biosafety lab, four, which is, you know, the highest um, containment safety measures. And uh, the Wuhan facility, uh, 60% of their staff were trained in Lyon. Uh, it was designed by France. And there's a little bit more when they were testing things, as you know, doctor, you can reactivate viruses. And so what I understand is that they were taking soil samples from uh, uh, Parc des Brutes um, Chamont, which is um, where the Temple of Vestas is. It's a beautiful little island in Paris. 
And this is an island that had um, a plague hospital in the 17th century. So they were testing that soil. It's also where they had a Yibet. They were hanging people. So um, when there are experiments uh, to try to mitigate emerging um, uh, viruses, sometimes they dig into the past. They've gone into the tundra in Siberia, and they've reactivated viruses 30,000 years old. So we're playing with fire, and, it, you know, I think this thing is going to be um, huge. This is going to be right. huge. I think it's as bad as you yeah, say. This, this is the, here's, here, to, to prove your point, I, I, I totally agree with you. To prove your point is that because it's been, it was bioengineered, I believe, for scientific purposes, not for a bioweapon, but that doesn't mean you can't use it as a bioweapon. Absolutely. For scientific persons. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's super virulent. It's designed to be super virulent. And um, because of that, it, 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 it supercharged the replicase area of the genome, and it supercharged the, the, the spike protein where it attaches to the ACE2. So this thing, and it has HIV homology in the spike protein. So who knows what it's doing to our, our white blood cell count. But, but the th- thing is, is that it was supercharged, and it had to be in, you know, a, a level four, you know, uh, facility, you yeah. know, for safety. Um, and this is a lot different than the zoonotic situation that we had with the Spanish flu. And so we, yes, we supercharged exactly. something for scientific purposes, and it's now out. So the best that we have to compare to to modern day is the epidemiological curves that happen with um, with the Spanish flu of, of 1918, because this is way worse than yeah. SARS. This is way worse than Ebola, way worse than MERS, and way worse than influenza in terms of death yeah, ratio. Way worse. So you know, so the best that we have is to is to under, you know to use the proxy of the Spanish flu of, of 1918 as how it, you know, went through around the United States, went through around the world. But the thing is, is things are yeah. different. We supercharged the virus. We have a much more uh, integrated um, world with, you know, with travel. And we, a lot more than we had in, in 1918. We have, you know, world travel is much larger now. We have many more people. People, we, we live in much uh, denser pop- populations. Um, uh, in, in, you know, have more uh, uh, metropolises than we had back in 1918. And um, people, I think, are sicker now than they were in 1918 because they didn't have the GMO foods and you know and the the the, the mm-hmm. huge high blood pressure problems and the diabetes and all this. So we, modern society has made our society sicker. So when this thing starts carrying through the United States, anyone that has these underlying um, uh, uh, conditions, medical conditions, are at risk of dying from this. Absolutely. That's and a real, exactly. that's a real possibility that, that, you know, and even pre-prosperity said this on his show, you know, if you have an underlying condition like obesity, heart disease, um, kidney problems, um, you know, uh, pulmonary issues, and you get Wuhan or, or COVID-19, you have a chance, a big chance of heart failure. You're, and Huge. that explains Huge. the big. That explains that sudden that sudden drop that we're starting to see in the in the in the media. 
you know, where the people just drop, you know, you know, and become unconscious. Yeah, or, it's attacking or, the you know, nervous system, yeah. they, they, doctor. You know, it's sudden death. It's sudden death. Right. It, it, the and, nervous system and, is and, shot from this red doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, it's, and it's, think it's, of it it's a big problem. So I think people need to realize that there is, there is some similarities to, uh, similarities to the 1918 situation, but we have a different dynamic. And they didn't have nuclear power yeah. in 1918. We have nuclear power now. And if we don't, if the supply chains break down and we can't control those cooling, cooling stations and people get sick and they can't get in, they can't get in, you know, to, to work, to, to, to run those power plants, the nuclear power plants, we may have a meltdown. Chernobyl. And no one's talking about yeah. that. I don't have, I, no one, yeah. no one from, you know, the energy department is saying, you know what, it, we, we, you know, we, we're on it. Don't worry about the nuclear power. We're watching it. Okay. No one's saying that, you know, and that's a big concern because we can have, we can have, well, uh, Spanish flu of 1918, Lehman and Chernobyl all in the same year. The, the, the government never tells us that the truth, look at Fukushima. They, uh, told us about the cesium that was airborne, but they didn't tell us too much about the Strom 90 crawling the seafloor. Now, as far as 1918, the world population was 1.5 billion. 30% of us were infected. And of that, um, you know, you had 50 to 70 million uh, dead. We're looking at a case fatality rate right now that they admit to a 3.5%. Spanish flu was 2.5. So you're dead on the money. You know, th- this is more than a pandemic. This is a super pandemic that can collapse our nation. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's a, it's a and, you know, set a, uh, a, a set of dominoes to fall that people intuitively wouldn't, wouldn't think are connected until after it happens. Same thing happened with Lehman. Everyone was saying it was subprime, subprime. Don't worry about the prime bowers. But and then we realized everything's interconnected with the economy. Well, everything's interconnected with the real economy, not just the financial economy. Right. And if you have the supply chain start to break down, serious infrastructure starts to break down. And some of that infrastructure is really deadly, like nuclear power. And people aren't listening to that. Or what what happens if the water system starts to break down and we start to have, you know, disease just through the water supply? That'd be awful. And by the way, doctor, (laughs) I got to I got to ask you this, doctor. Since we last talked, there's been information coming out of South Korea where the coronavirus is linked to this uh, Christian death cult. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure if mm-hmm. you've been following along with that doctor, the Shinjongi Church of Jesus ran by its leader. Well, Lee I, Man he. I, I heard that it was a, you know, a uh, you know, religious institution that, you know, right. had a congregation of people that, and that's how it spread. But I didn't know it was a death cult. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, that's news to me that it was a death cult, but, but, um, but here's the problem is that people need to realize that these mass congregations is going to spread the disease. We should have never had the Super Bowl. We should not exactly. have the, the Olympics and we should not be, you know, having these, uh, you know, these, uh, stadium gatherings, you know, like soccer or baseball or football or whatever. Are they still you doing know, the hockey. Olympics there, Paul? Well, the Olympics is still uh, on. It's still for, scheduled. For, oh my! For Japan, but uh, you know that might get canceled. Who it knows? should be canceled. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And since we were, we're talking you know, about here, this, here, here's an interesting thing. Go ahead. You know, when I was, you know, you know, because I'm living in Manhattan, and I was in Manhattan during um, uh, Hurricane Sandy. That happened just a few, just a couple days or so before they were supposed to do the New York Marathon, and all the marathon runners were complaining. Not all, um, you know, but most, a lot, were complaining that they had to cancel the marathon because they trained all year for it. You know, meanwhile, you know, you had half of half of New York, you know, underwater, you know, so it's just like if some people have are so egocentric that it, it doesn't register that uh, how bad things can be for people and they look at their own little world. Yeah. And if it's not affecting them directly, they think it, it's not happening. And that's my concern. I've been trying to, you know, sound the alarm is like Paul Revere, you know, you know, the virus is coming, the virus yeah. is coming and, you know, you got to be prepared and work together. But I, I honestly, you know, in, in the fifth, what is it? The fifth week, the sixth week, whatever it is. But right now, the last two days, I've been, I, I've been actually depressed about this. I, hear you. I don't feel as though the American people really have the fortitude to be able to work together to make sure that all these concerns that we're talking about, making sure that your neighbors are taken care of, making sure that you're prepared, making sure that you don't, you know, have this top-down government that we've been talking about on your show, making sure that the BioPatriot Act isn't coming in, making sure that the infrastructure doesn't, you know, doesn't falter. For, uh, right now, well, I'm, I'm at a point gonna, where I'm, I, I don't I'm think gonna, the American public you. can get their head out of the Dr. Cajal, to really, to really I'm going to correct problem. you, okay? You're making a huge impact, number one, huge. I have a friend of mine named Ryan. He's an endocrinologist. He's in New York. When I first showed him your show, this is um, mid-January, he said, oh, he's a catastrophic thinker. He now is addicted to it. He thinks you're right on the money. You're making a huge difference. So it may be depressing because it's so daunting, but you are, you're a blessing to the world. Yeah. Oh, that was my dog. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, you, know, you know, my dog's <laughs> even stressed out. The dog yeah. stressed out. My God. <laughs> yeah. Poor dog. No, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're, so look at your numbers. You're, yeah. you, you've, you've got huge, a huge following and literally, um, they are apostles. They're telling their families, you're making a huge impact, and it's going to continue to grow as things get more draconian. By Cinco de Mayo, you know, this is what, uh, 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 eight weeks from now, you're going to see chaos. That's what's coming down the pike. You'll see collapse. We're we're eight, nine weeks away. By the way, uh, doctor, i got to ask you really quickly here. Personally. I just wanted to quickly add, since we're talking about different countries being affected, what do you make of Africa's low coronavirus rate? Well, you know, it might be because of, you know, not testing enough. Do you think that's what's going Um, on? I think that's a big part of it. I see. I mean, they already have, they already have some, you know, epidemic with Ebola right now in Kenya, in the Kenya area. Uh, That's been going around for a minimum six months. And I believe also around Zimbabwe. Um, I haven't been focused on the, the Ebola outbreak there, but I mean, it, it's been going around, you know, um, Africa, not a lot of people want to travel to Africa for, for, you know, different reasons, but you know, so it's not like a, a big hub. It's not like going to Italy or going to China. Right. Right. So I can, you know, because of that, it wouldn't surprise me that that continent has, 
um, is late to the party. Um, but it doesn't mean that it won't, you know, go through the, go through the continent. Eventually. As, as, yeah, eventually. Yeah, eventually. You know, um, their, their healthcare isn't as well as ours. Uh, so, you know, the, the cases, the early cases are, are probably going to be the deeper pneumonia type cases. Well, our cases are going to be, uh, uh, somewhat mild at the beginning. But once the healthcare starts to break down, if your first responders start to get sick or they run out of supplies, you don't have 21st century medicine. You have 17th century medicine. And, exactly. you know, you better you know, bring and, the you know so <laughs> Africa is already in 17th century medicine. So it's, they're probably going to have the deep scarring and, and, and you know, the, the death rates might be actually higher in Africa. But because I don't think that there's a lot of uh, conductivity between nations, you know, going through through Africa as much as other nations, it doesn't surprise me that the spread is slower at this moment in time. It will take through that continent. Yeah, eventually it will reach there. And of course, Paul, yeah. I had a mention recently, I heard you going off on Alex Azar, which I could feel your frustration from here. You were fired up, doctor. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I, you know, you know what? Sometimes my channel is like what people are seeing in their living room. But I'm willing to film myself doing what people are saying to their TV in the living room. Right. You know, a lot of people are seeing a lot of stupidity going on with our government, our government officials, our, our, you know, individuals that are running these health departments. And a, a lot of Americans are saying the same thing I am. Um, and they're frustrated and I'm sleep deprived. And, I'm, you know, I feel as though not enough people are standing up and, and, and getting involved to trying to help their community and reach out to their representatives saying, you're not going down that Biopatriot Act road. Trust me, you're not going down there. There's just not enough people galvanized. I have a lot of people listening, a lot of people agreeing, but not enough people doing. So, you know, getting frustrated, it's partially to try to galvanize other people to get involved, but also to vent my frustration that I'm seeing because I see a lot of people that are, they have cognitive dissonance. That's what's going to kill people, literally kill people by being cognitively, you know, having cognitive disease. I mean, I sound yeah, hyperbolic when I'm saying that I'm speaking with lots of hyperbole, but I'm not. People will die if they don't act. And I've been saying that from it's day true. one. Yeah. And the, the, the problem is, is that we've politicized this thing. Uh, both political parties blaming the other. Meanwhile, they're using the CDC for political purposes. And uh, my feeling is it has to get visceral. You have to have known someone who has died of it. And that is right. going to be the motivator. Because right, right now they, they've got the TV yapping at them saying, Oh, well, you know, the, 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 the common flu is deadlier. No, it's not. The CFR rate is, uh, you know, uh, the, 3.5 on this thing is 0.1 for right. common flu. So they're going to know it. Uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is my prediction. Six to eight weeks, you're going to start to see uh, numbers really climb, fatalities. And they're probably going to try to cover that up because they don't want panic. But they won't be able well, to. It's too big. Here's my prediction, okay? We've already passed the 100 mark. We're at 122, right? We know that there's yeah. not enough test kits available. 
once the test kits are available, I already believe that there are uh, hunt, uh, there there are either a thousand or maybe up to three thousand cases roaming around that have COVID nineteen right now in the United States. Once they have those test kits, and in high density populations, they're testing a thousand a day. You're gonna you're gonna start seeing that's about in a week. You're gonna start seeing huge numbers in the United States. So we're at we're at 122 wow. right now. At the at the and it's yep. Tuesday. At the at, at, by the end of Saturday Saturday night, I'm willing to bet that we're over 500. And by the end of next week, we're over a thousand. We're we're you know like a thousand five hundred. Yeah. Is this going to double? This thing's going to climb yep. fast exactly right. because we'll eventually have the test kits available and. We've got, we got to remember, what are the two bottleneck points at this moment in time? The doctors can't test because they don't have the test kits. And if they send the samples to the CDC, they have to have the permission of the CDC to send the, the, the samples. Yeah. And many doctors, yeah. and they, they've even said this on CNBC yesterday, many doctors are getting denied to send the samples to the CDC. So the CDC has been suppressing the numbers through two different ways. Not enough kit, test kits on the ground, and not allowing the doctors to send the samples to the CDC. But doctor, and, I mean, you know, doctor, we're, we're, we're you, these numbers really climb once they start testing on, on site. But doctor, aren't you relieved that we have Mike Pence handling everything? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I have not really at all. I, I have, you know, well, but, but, but so your listeners know, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not going off on on Trump administration. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Uh, I'm not going on because I'm actually a Trump supporter. I voted for Trump for you know for his first term. I will vote for Trump on a second term. All right, but I yeah. I, I I honestly believe, and, and as you know, Michael, I mean, there's certain things that I'll say on my channel that you know I think they's going going off the the wrong direction, that's and okay. I'll, I'll 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 say it, you know, you know, and that's fine, you yeah. know, with, with with full heart, right? Right. But but at in this particular case, in this particular case, I think Donald Trump and his administration and and all of the government has failed miserably. And it's costing people's lives. And it's, it's, it's yeah. unforgivable. It's not, yeah. it's not about politics. And it's about competency and, 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 and transparency. And we're not seeing that with our government at this moment in time. Uh, you know, I can do a better job than Alex Azar. Because we talked on your show that we need to, to, to empower the mayors and the first responders to make the decisions and not have the decision-making at the CDC. The only thing the federal government should get involved with is make sure that they print the money to, to, to send it to the, to, to the states so they can distribute it to the first responders to make sure that they, that they have all the material that they need and, 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 and keep those doctors and nurses healthy. Because if we, if, 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 if that A-team, if that A-team falls, we have 17th century medicine. And yeah. no one yeah. has gone up to the American public and said that. And that's why I think Alex Azar yeah. and, and Mike Pence are, are being disingenuous. Do you think perhaps the reason why they are being so laid back about it is because they don't want to cause a quote unquote panic? I, I think that they want to, to mean uh, that, that there's two, there's two points here. They don't want to cause panic, but it's, it's, 
it's for two reasons. One, they don't want to have mass supporting and have a collapse of, 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 you know, of, of, of stocks, of, of, of food stocks. Yeah. Then there is the economy. There's the, the financial markets because the banking industry is very weak. So they're afraid of the stock market collapsing. And if the stock market collapses, yeah. it's going to cause a lot more. There's going to cause layoffs. It's going to cause bank, you know, bank uh, illiquidity issues. Um, you already saw, you know, the Federal Reserve pumping in money into in, in, into the financial system because they're worried. But again, there's yeah. no transmission yeah. mechanism for the, the, the regular economy. It's, that bailout was 100 percent for the bankers to make sure that they can, you know, oh, uh, handle their, their loan payments. Because you got to remember, some of their assets are in the stock market. And when the stock market's going down, their balance, their balance sheet goes down. So th- their ability to pay off current loans amongst each other goes down. And we already know that there's stress in the repo market. So that's that's another sign that they they to keep the banks afloat, they gotta tell the American public that everything's fine. Yeah, and, and if I can weigh in, go you know, ahead, go ahead. The twenty nine crash was caused by a bond dislocation. The 2000 uh, crash was caused by subprime. What we're looking at right now is we still have, you know, trillions of dollars in a derivative bubble. And if the stock market descends uh, to the point where it breaks, uh, it won't be able to recover it through quantitative easing one, two, three, four. I mean, they can fire up the printing presses. They won't be able to because it's going to be too fast a drop. The Great Depression had roughly 25% depression or, or unemployment with the 2008 uh, Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers. We had a subsidized depression with maybe uh, 17 or 18% unemployment. Everybody looked at the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, three number instead of, you know, the, the, the real number, which is people who weren't counted as unemployed. You know, they, they looked at the U3 instead of the U6. Um, and so, uh, you know, Dr. Cottrell's right. Uh, they, they're, they're looking at their own collapse, collapse of uh, at multinational com- companies. There's a political angle, right, which is crazy. And then you've got um, chaos. You literally have people running amok, <laughs> not knowing what's, what's to do. I, I personally think that we're going to go back into – uh, consulting the village witch, right? And um, uh, small businesses were kind of like local honey. Um, I think cities are going to be petri dishes. Uh, seriously. Chicago, Cleveland, you know, uh, high-density cities, L.A. Look at Long Beach. That is probably an infection point right now, and they still have huge liners coming in from China. I told, know that the surfaces I told you about that, right? Right with these viruses. No, you didn't. I thought I had mentioned about the Long Beach port there and the employee that I know out there. I thought we talked about this, but uh, maybe I'll keep that private for right now until I have until I could actually (laughs) verify more of this. But uh, there's been a lot of information coming out. I have a lot of stuff going, you know, behind the scenes. People could, you know, call and and. uh, here is the beauty of, and I mentioned this in one of my videos, the beauty of Alan Greenspan. No matter if you like Alan Greenspan or not, running the Federal Reserve when he, and it started during Reagan and it went all the way through to Bush. 
uh, Bush uh, Mr. Uh, Jr. Jr. But but Alan Greenspan was a genius in in one regard. He had a, a big consulting company before he became the federal chair. Okay, the federal chairman, and that consulting company had across the nation lots of people in his rolodex that he could call and get on the ground information on what was going on in the economy. And he used his contacts as a as a set of data points before the uh, Bureau of uh, Statistics, Labor and Statistics came out so he could kind of compare. So he had leading data coming from his contacts in his Rolodex, and then the lagging data that was coming from the Bureau of Statistics. All right. And he always leaned on his, yep. his contacts as being fresher data. All right. So uh, we don't have that at the CDC. And on my channel, I literally have tons of people calling me, telling me what is going on on the ground. First responders, uh, you know, people that know people that are sick, that, you know, that are, that, that, you know, that are, you know, starting to show the signs of COVID-19. So I'm starting to get a picture across the, the country, not just in these little seat centers, but across the country in almost every state. I have a story to tell at the ground level, but the CDC, it, it's not matching what the CDC and Alex Azar say. And Alex Azar yeah. is yeah. like, well, the CDC only, you know, is showing only 122. No, 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 no. If you listen to the ground like Alan Greenspan did for the economy when he was fed, fed chair, you would really understand what's going on. And it's a very simple concept. Yeah. Talk to the talk to the Ooh. first re- have the knowledge. And they, yeah. he's not doing and, that. And this is the problem, which is you've got this EMR. You've got this large government's whole uh, 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 theropod, for lack of a better word, they're not reacting quickly. They're moving close. Uh, they're, they're moving like they're in quicksand. So you're, you're yeah. right. Uh, you know, Greenspan also was a taciturn man who would say two words to calm the markets. Right. Irrational exuberance. Right. Remember that one? He had it going on. You were right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he was the wizard but, of Oz. You're, you're right. Sure, but. Yeah, he, he was. He was. I'm an old guy. I'm dating myself, as you can probably tell. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're right. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are turning in to your show because you're the only guy out there with the bona fides who's sounding the alarm. I can't think of anybody else with a background in epidemiology uh, who's saying anything. They're asleep at the wheel. Well, here's the problem is is the scientific community. See, what I'm bringing to the table is multiple disciplines. I mean, I'm educated in multiple disciplines. I'm educated in the biological discipline. I'm educated in in the uh, engineering discipline, mechanical engineering. I I, I used to be an automotive engineer from Detroit and, uh, you know, in the financial discipline. So I and I can see it from different angles. Most people, they get educated in one discipline and that's it. And that's what I bring to the table yeah. is, is a different perspective, a more holistic perspective. And that's why I can come up with, you know, and, and, and converse like this. It's not just epidemiology. It's not just genomics. Yeah. It's also the economy and everything that's connected to it. And my engineer, my systems engineering background, where I can make these connections and see system failure happening. 
but you know, all yeah. the trolls out there or all the people that have that cognitive dissonance doesn't want to, they don't want to pay attention. You know, they, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm begging people to get involved and help your neighbor and, and, and be prepared and, and, and get educated about some of the homeopathic remedies or, or, you know, the, the, herb, the, the, the herbal remedies, um, because you may not be able to get to a doctor when the system fails. And people yeah. just think, oh, yeah. this is like SARS or this is like, you know, you know, that, that Ebola thing that, that happened a few years ago. They just, they just, I called my father. I called my father uh, on Friday. Okay. He's 77 years old. My mother's 73. My mother has severe COPD. A long time, 40 some year smoker. Oh, my. Never stopped. Right. She has, you know, she's had four or five heart attacks. But, you know, she's had had the stint. So, you know, that, you know, to, to help the blockage. Yeah. Um, but she has severe pulmonary issues, severe. It's it's like talking to Darth Vader. All right. And uh-huh. and my, my father is relatively healthy, but he has elevated blood pressure because he's, in, he, you know, he's uh, uh, 77 years old. But it, it's somewhat controlled. It's not that bad. All right. So he's relatively healthy. But if my mother got this, she'd be she would be dead. She'd be dead. Yeah, she had no system. chance, yeah. no chance whatsoever to survive this. My father, on the other hand, could be maybe survive, but because of his age, he may not. But my mother, if she got this, for is sure she would be dead. Understood. Is your doctor or is your father an ectomorph? Is he thin? Does he exercise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does. You know, during during the summer, he you know walks maybe two miles a day. In the winter, he doesn't walk that much. Yeah. But you know he's not he's not have, you know he's at the at the right weight of his age. I mean, I, you know, but um, but uh, his age though you know puts him in a risk category. But my mother, because of her her mm-hmm. pulmonary issues, she gets this, she's dead, she's dead. And there's a lot of people in a, in yeah. America that fall in this category. Oh, and she also has diabetes, so yeah. that adds to it. Oh adds my! To right. Yeah, that's I not got good. a funny story, guys. So go ahead. Uh, my, my uncle was, uh, the former president of the American Heart Association. He was a pretty well-known cardiologist out of Chicago and he lived to be 94. The last five years of his life, he ate a steak every night. He said to hell with it. I made it to 89. <laughs> Something's going to get me. Sure. <laughs> he, he made it to 94. Yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> You know, you know, a lot of it's genetics, a lot of it's, you know, exercise related, but, you know, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about living local, you know, localization versus globalization. People that eat local honey have a tendency to be healthier because you have your local antigens and then, and that ingesting those local antigens through the honey because of the bee pollen, um, it, it stimulates at a, at a low, at a low concentration. Um, your immune system. So when you are outside, your body's somewhat used to those antigens floating around. You don't, you don't get allergies, but because everything's global, yep. you're buying honey from Poland and you live in New Jersey, and so you don't have that that localization, um, um, you know, um, immunology effects that uh, are, you yeah. know, like my grandmother or my great grandmother may have had. You know, so globalization is not where it's at when it comes to. You know, in, 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 when it comes to overall health, it's almost as I, if I have a it's almost as if we've been playing with fire 
we've been playing with fire on many different levels with nuclear power, with bioengineering, with, you know, overconsumption. With everything. And, and yeah, and nature is coming back with a vengeance. And it's, it's, you know, it's wiping yeah. the board clean and saying, hey, you know, I kept on telling you, I kept on warning you, I kept on warning you. This is what like Mother Nature's saying. I kept on warning you. You didn't. Damn. You know, definitely. Yeah. And doctor, I'm going to ask you your prediction in the next six months. Do you see parts of America being quarantined and mandatory vaccinations being yeah. implemented? What's your take? The quarantine, the quarantining is already starting. So we're already there, but mass quarantining, like at the, at, you know, FEMA camp level, yes. I think is not, I, I think that's four weeks away. Well, I know FEMA's getting ready for sure. There was all sorts right. of yeah, rumbles yeah, yeah, about but it. I, yeah. You know, these tertiary military, you know, uh, military uh, quarantine, that's four weeks away. I think on average, the medical system is going to collapse in eight weeks on average, but some locales will yep. survive past eight weeks mm-hmm. and other locales will fail earlier than eight weeks. But on average in the United States, you're going to have a big section of the, the that those first responders getting sick and it, it's going to collapse. Yeah, That's it's eight interesting. Weeks away. Yeah, it's interesting right? when uh, Twitter starts then, selling its employees then, that to stay home. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know so in eight weeks, it's going to be really bad in the United States. Now, in terms of forced vaccinations, yeah. they're not going to be able to do forced vaccinations until a year from now because it's, it's, it won't be ready. Right? It's not at, best, yeah. at best, you're going to have, at best, you're going to have uh, clinical trials too finished by the end of the year at best, assuming that everything goes okay because they, they're just, yeah. they're, they're at the animal model right now. They're, they, they're not, they're not to the point where they're going to do, it, 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 we still have two months away before we do clinical trial one. And then they do clinical trial yeah. two and then clinical trial three. And if everything passes through that, then they, then it can go to the masses. You're talking, you know, mid next year before a vaccine for the masses are available. Wow. But by then, yeah. but by then, no, that's plenty of time right. for Congress to start writing bills like the BioPatriot Act to say, if you want a job, you have to have vaccines. Yeah, you're going to have to. That's what I'm afraid of. You're going to have to show a vaccine ID card. Yeah, yeah, or something similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Good lord! I sure yeah. hope that doesn't and, happen. And you know, uh, six hundred twenty thousand Americans died in the Civil War. Six hundred seventy-five thousand died with the 1918-1919 Spanish influenza. So you can just imagine what the members could be here now. And we didn't even get the brunt of it. It was Europe. Right, right. Well, you know, again, yeah. you know, the Spanish flu was zoonotic. The interconnectivity yeah. of the world was less. We have a hyper-connected world yeah. now. And we designed, it, meaning does we, meaning, you know, the human race, the human race designed this virus. So it, 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 yeah. the dynamics yeah. are going to be, and it was designed to be very virulent. You know, it's interesting that you, okay, so Michael, you probably know this. Zodiac uh, is a animal to human transfer. Uh, however, the virus is connected to live on the fur of your pet <laughs> and on the surface of your food and, uh, you know, on canned goods and all that. It's it's crazy. I mean, this is a widow maker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why they want yeah. you to shave your face. What was that? I said, that's why they want you to shave your beard. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it, 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 when Chernobyl happened and people were being evacuated, um, family uh, relatives would not allow them in their homes unless they shaved their head off. Did you shave the, the, the hair off their head? Yeah. Uh, the whole, all their body hair. Wow. Because really? what happens is that the body hair wow. is, is radioactive. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ah, I didn't know that. And then what? Yeah. And, know and, and, you know, and then your, 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 uh, so what you do is you scrub your you scrub your skin really hard to try to get all that dead dead cells off, and then those cells are radioactive. They go you know, and that the dead skin goes into a bag, and then you shave your your hair, all your body hair, even your eyelashes, and and then put that in the bag, and then you dispose of it in a, in a nuclear waste. But I mean, you know, it was wow. it was you know because if you didn't, everything you were around that you touch. Becomes radioactive. Very interesting. So people don't realize. Very interesting. Just, just you know, imagine it, what happens if we have a Chernobyl because of, of uh, a breakdown in, in our supply chain, or the people that work there are so sick they can't get to the to the reactor to, to to run it. Yeah, we're screwed if all this happens. I mean, just look what happened during Hurricane Katrina and the way people behaved. Yeah. Think yeah, about it like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Except in a more yeah, massive uh, scale. We had a good economy. <laughs> you know, that's what's right. so scary. Not anymore. We're not have a good, this is what, <laughs> what, what Paul was saying, which is if things are breaking down economically uh, on top of a Chernobyl, we're screwed. End of story. You know, we're screwed. You know, it's an the, extinction. The, we're we're the, talking um, about an extinction event here for certain countries. Yeah. I still believe that this is you know, a terroristic act, and I'm sure Paul believes that too. A terrorist. Very well, be you know. I believe it is. You know. Well, you know that life expectancy, Michael. I don't want to go down that road because it's so dark. It is very dark. Who did it? You know who did it? Why? You know. Well, I mean, it was linked to a Christian death cult doctor. So, I mean, I'm thinking perhaps this was intentional. Well, you know, at P4, we know it left the P4 facility. For me, 65% of my brain is saying it was accidentally leaked out. There's 35% that says that it was purposely leaked out. Now, the question is, why was it purposely leaked out? Was it purposely leaked out by by the CCP to do their own calling of their population? Um, and they didn't care if you know other people in the world were going to die because their thinking was, well, you know, we infect our people first. Around the world, they're infected later. We'll heal quicker, and then we'll take advantage while while they're sick. That's one line of thinking. That is one or line did of thinking. The CIA, yeah. or, or did the CIA link it out? That's possible. Thinking, we'll knock out the C, the CCP. The thing is, doctor, not some care, people not, not carrying the, the contagious the contagion. Some folks just want to watch the world burn, though, doctor. You know that. Well, yeah, I mean, you got the, you know, that, I mean, yeah, there's the biological there. arsonists out there, you know. Definitely. Uh, you're right. I mean, keep that you in know, mind. I, and, and I, 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 it, it's, it, that's such a dark path to, to try to follow that rabbit hole. It's, it's scary. And I, I I'm not so sure that if you get to the end of that path, um, if you stay sane, I don't know. I, 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 the, the, the kindness in my heart is, is hoping that it was accidentally leaked. I'm hoping it's an accident too. If it was purposely leaked, we're talking serious problems. Now, yes. I mean, we're in serious problems oh, right yeah. now, but a purpose leak 
yeah. you're talking like you know, a magnitude way more than than what I'm talking, and it's bad enough what I'm saying. The the government in 1918 uh, prohibited funerals over 15 minutes <laughs> with the Spanish flu. Really? So yeah, uh, yeah. This is just one little tiny measure that that would happen. But we had a economy that was robust because we had um, uh, uh, built up a war machine. You know, uh, wars tend to be good for economies, as we all know. Uh, we're not ready for this. We're obese. We've got high blood pressure. Uh, as mm-hmm. Dr. Cottrell says, we're dependent upon uh, pills to make us happy, to make us sad, to, uh, you know, to, 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 to keep us alive. We're weak from a physiological point of view. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really concerned. You know, I'm an old guy. I'm almost 60, I turned 60 in, in June, and I thought I'd seen it all. I don't think... You know, I've seen anything remotely like this. You got to be more concerned than we do because uh, your older age and your immune system, my friend. Yeah, I'm pretty tough. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. You've been, been shot around the world. Uh, yeah, good lord, long story. But um, but you know, I've been on digs in Montpellier and in Spitalsfield, England, and and um, you know, I even think that the Black Death probably started out as a phage event rather than a, a germ negative event, just by the clarity of it. It marks seven to 14 miles uh, a day. And of course, as the immune system is compromised, Dr. Cottrell can probably agree with me. That's where you have uh, pneumonic fever and bubonic uh, plague and, and whatnot. It's, an, it's a weakened immune system that uh, mm-hmm. that, that is where the opportunistic diseases come in, and that's what we're dealing with with coronavirus. We got 47 exactly. million elderly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you you know say, and, and you're, it, you're, it, there's um, the second wave of the of this virus, but there's also a second wave of other pathogens because we'll have a weakened <laughs> immune system after we survive this. So there may be, exactly. you know, some outbreak of some other pathogen that we got to deal with. Exactly. And um, to that point, if you look at Mexico, uh, the history books say when Hernan Cortez came in in 1519, he brought smallpox. That's true. But they had uh, one plague outbreak in 1545 and then another one in 1576. It took the population from, you know, in one century from 20 million Mexicans, indigenous Mexicans to 2 million. And this was more of a, uh, you know, uh, uh, hemorrhagic, uh, ebolic, you know, bleeding from the nose and ears and, and what, uh, um, but it, it, it was, um, it was probably local. It, it had probably come from, uh, the mining <laughs> and came from rats that were, you know, virus ridden. But, uh, Dr. Cottrell's right. And look, I'd love to see you with the Trump administration. You know, I'm, I'm going to vote for him again too. Uh, you know, he needs a guy like you in there really to make things happen. You know, I, I would, I would serve my country in any capacity that I can. Um, but here's, here's the problem. People like me, they don't want to listen to because I tell them how it is. You know, they should be like, for example, they should, they, they should be stopping short selling. Like the very first thing I would do if I was, if I, if I was right next to Pence, 
is say, okay, we're going to be transparent with the CDC. All right. We're going to empower the first responders because they have the education and the know-how to mash, you know, mash unit this stuff to, to, to help their, their, their local situation and empower the mayors. Yeah. The, the federal government makes sure that the, that the first responders have all the supplies that they need and, and, um, and, and uh, you know, are, are, are protected. They can't fall. That, 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 that line cannot fall. Then you, then you go with the yeah. FTC and say all short selling is done. No short selling in the market, period, until this, 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 this uh, pandemic's over. So anyone that's short, th- their position is closed automatically by, by, the, um, by the exchanges. So they'll stop the, the bleed yeah. in the, the stock market. Then you basically tell the banks that any foreclosures because of this, this event, any foreclosures on homes or, or, or car loans or, or credit cards, you know, people getting behind on credit card payments because people are going to get laid off or people that are in quarantine get, can't get to work and they don't get paid. So there's a moratorium on yeah. any foreclosures. And if the banks have a problem with that, you say you lose your bank license. And then on top of it, on, on top of that, we, we, we start a process where we start breaking down the banks to, for them to be smaller so they're not as fragile. Because the problem with the banks is they're too big. So every time they get, get into trouble, um, you know, they can bring down the economy. And Volcker, with yeah. the Volcker rule, was, was trying to do that. But he was, you yeah, know, he was outvoted great, wasn't he? because of really you know, the power of the beat. You know, so to, to yeah. solve this problem, it's you have to attack it from. You have to attack the CDC. You have to empower the first responders. You have to be more transparent to the American public. You have to go against the banking industry. And yeah. you know that you're talking you about. You know, that's a death when sentence. you start doing that, 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 that uh, most people in, in in politics are afraid to touch those rails. No, you can't go they're there. They're all electric. Yeah, you can't mess with the bank. Yeah, for sure. you're right. And but that's well, the answer you know, when because that, these people, these people are going to start when, losing their people are going to get laid off and they're going to start. That's why I keep on saying this is another Lehman with bio, this is this is 1918 Spanish flu plus Lehman, maybe, yeah. maybe with Chernobyl. Yeah, go ahead. You're Thomas. exactly right. Do you remember when that, when when Nancy Pelosi stood there and shook and said, oh, we need to, you know, come up with this money right away. That all went to the banks. As Dr. Quadro was saying earlier, you didn't go to the right. people. Um, you know, right. it, it was the, the 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 pain was eighty percent people, twenty percent banks. They wanted to save Bank of America because it had six thousand boxes. Uh, right now, Chase Bank is uh, you know forty five percent bigger than it was in, in two thousand eight. This is um, you know the people count. What about the goddamn people? You know exactly. We sure. we need that we yeah. need that Roosevelt moment where we we, we trust bust and that trust busting yeah. is of the banking industry now. That's well, what's yeah. needed. I agree. By yeah. the way, I got some audio here of um, of Mike Pence. Let's roll the audio. I believe you'll be able to hear this too, Doctor. Let me to address an issue that I know is on the hearts and minds of people all across this country the potential impact of the coronavirus here in America. President Donald Trump has no higher priority than the health, safety, and well-being of the American people. Last month, following word of the outbreak of the coronavirus in China, 
President Trump took unprecedented action to protect the health of Americans. He declared a public health emergency. We suspended travel to the United States from China. We initiated quarantine efforts for American citizens returning and established a White House coronavirus task force, which has literally met every single day to protect the American people. As of today, we have 15 cases of coronavirus that have been detected in the United States with only one new case detected in the last two weeks. There's another 45 cases that have been diagnosed among Americans who've been repatriated from China. And while one American is hospitalized, thankfully, all the patients have been treated and are doing well. While the risk to the American public remains low, as the president said yesterday, we're ready. We're ready for anything. Yesterday, President Trump directed me to lead a whole-of-government approach to address the coronavirus in this country. And I promise you, we will continue to bring the full resources of the federal government to bear to protect the American people. And there was Mike Pence a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I come yeah. out on my show, you know, <laughs> a little bit flamboyantly about, about that. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't believe that they really care about the American public's health over the banking system. I think they're they're focused on the economy and, and protecting the banks. And I think that's very self-evident. Um, and yeah. I think it's disingenuous. Uh, saying it my, mildly, being very disingenuous <laughs> yes. to the American public when they state these these low numbers when you don't you're not even tested for COVID nineteen, um, because they don't have the t- kits and the CDC is denying the doctors for sending samples to the CDC for testing, so it's it, it's a deflated number on purpose. Yeah. But people like you and I that are talking about it, you know, daily, you know, we know what's going on behind the scenes, but the average public isn't. They're not, they're just taking it face value. Oh, the numbers are low and, you know, maybe we'll be okay. But the reality is the numbers are low because they're not testing and there are people walking around with it. And you can pass this on when you're symptomatic or asymptomatic. And on top of that, we look at the data for influenza that CDC publishes and you compare last year's influenza numbers and influenza-like yeah. numbers just in New York yeah. alone, and you see a huge spread difference. But this year's numbers for yeah. influenza or influenza-like, a.k.a. COVID-19, is much higher than last year. So what's, what's the difference yeah. between this much. year and last year? Well, the last thing I, that I noticed was it's COVID-19. So, I mean, it's like, it's not a leap of, you know, you have to be an intellectual uh, 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 genius to realize that the CDC is purposely keeping the numbers down. And Mike Pence, you know, passed yeah. the back of, of Trump saying he's such a great guy and he really cares about everybody. And in reality, I think that he's dropped the ball. The whole administration, the whole government has dropped the ball. Oh, they dropped the ball, for sure. Yeah, and um, what he's doing is, is uh, is a fireside chat approach, not realizing that you know we were 40 months into uh, a, a full crash when FDR in 33 started the fireside chats. So he's um, trying to be preemptive, and all he's doing is raising eyebrows. In my opinion, this guy, when he was asked by someone, "Well, what about Disneyland?" Uh, you know, he said, "Well, you know, wash your hands." Right now, Disneyland is the single um, biggest employer in Florida. 
and they've shut down three of six uh, theme parks. So, um, you know, it, this is going to get a lot bigger, a lot bigger, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're you know. It, it, Americans have never seen anything like this before. And, and unfortunately, um, Americans have been somewhat safe for the last, you know, for the last, let's Century. say, since 19, 1940s. Okay. Right after World yeah. War II, America, America hasn't really been at risk, real risk. 9-11 was a little scary, but it wasn't really at risk. This is the first time where Americans actually could die from, from something across the country, not just a little terrorist attack, yeah. but across the country. And we're talking in the millions, you know, being infected. Yeah. And having a three, a, you know, or you elderly? being infected. And, and and having a three percent or five percent kill ratio. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's messed up, and I don't think they're going to wake up until uh, it's up close and personal. Whether they've had it, a friend, uh, a spouse, a family member, and it's going to be you know, hey, little Mikey, you're okay, but sorry about Grandpa. I think that's what it's coming yeah. down to. Yeah, yeah, I just like yeah. I don't know. I just, it's, it's sad. I just, I'm, I've really, and that's why the last two days I've been a little bit depressed about this and, 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 and have, uh, I don't know, a low opinion of let's say the, the American spirit, because I just am very shocked that we did not galvanize four weeks ago or even three weeks ago and, and, uh, made our, our, um, representatives more accountable and more responsive and more proactive well, don't be what we have right now. Well, don't I mean, feel, we should have uh, shut down. Defeated, we should have shut down all. We should have shut down all airlines going in to the country a long time ago. We still haven't done that. And you could easily people would say, yeah. "Well, that would slow down the economy, and, and maybe that would be a bankruptcy on the on the airlines." The federal government could come in and and give them federal loans and say, "You ground the planes, we're not, and and you you won't go bankrupt. You're going to get federal aid. Don't worry about it." All right. It's that simple. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, like a war powers uh, emergency act that's in the power of the president. Why he didn't do that, I don't know. Yeah. Why does he keep on letting planes coming yeah. in and it keeps on infecting? And, and if he did that, even, even if he did that two days ago, two days ago, when he did that speech or three days ago, then that, that, that individual flying in from Iran would not have been in Manhattan. Yep. Shouldn't it, but now we have a case in Manhattan because he didn't shut down the air the, yeah. the, the, the air travel from Iran, which is known to have a serious problem going on. Yep. I mean, it's, oh, you yeah. know, it's just, it's, it's just it, insane. It's knowing government. We, we, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And um, Paul, there's yeah. 3 million Chinese who go to America every year back and forth. And let's talk about Europe. Probably the same amount there, too. And so what you're going to see for the Chinese is the wealthy ones, um, and there's a fair amount of them, are leaving with their families. They could be carriers. You know, I think that um, it's too late, to be honest. I, I think the cat's out of the bag at this point, and um, all we can do is react to it rather than be preemptive. I agree. It is too late. We should have been banning sort of a outside travel a weeks ago. Yeah. 
But no. Oh, it'd be great to see if we had an emergency health czar. Um, you know that that's what I think. Look, Doctor Control has a lot of um, a lot of support. I think that they need to literally petition DC and say, "This is the man for the job." And not that I'm throwing you into politics, Doctor, but um, you know you know what you're doing, and you've been ahead of the curve. Uh, before I know how to save. I know how to save our country. I do know how to save it. That I, you know, uh, but I don't think that the people that are in power want to save the country. There's the problem. There's that dark side again. Yeah, very yeah. dark, very yeah. evil. Yeah, well, but I mean, I, right you know, I, I, I have no problem stepping up to the country. It's just that my type of personality and 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 my heritage. I mean, uh, you know, as as I told Michael in a previous uh, um, ca- um, um, you know radio cast here right. that. You know, my father, father's family immigrated to the United States in 1790. That was when George Washington was president. And we fought in almost every major war ever since. And, you know, we have, you know, my, my father was in the military. My brother was in the military. I was not in the military, but we have a long history of military service. My uncles were in the Navy. I mean, you know, so we have long history of of uh, a military service. And then obviously what I you know said about what happened on my mother's side, you know, with the Holocaust. Yeah. But, you know, I just like, it, yeah. it's just, it, it, it infuriates me to see so much incompetence in this country. Well, I, I know what, how to solve the problem, but you know, my, my yeah. tack on yeah. this was try to get people, raise the alarm and have people contact their representatives to get them moving and do their job. But if they can't do their job yeah. and they need to be pushed aside and I need to step up to the plate, then I'm willing to do it. But, you know, the thing is, is we yeah. know that's never going to happen. It, it, that'll never happen. Do they, they, do they want a nice Jewish boy from, from New York, you know, telling, telling them how to, uh, how, to run their, uh, how to run their show? You know, because they, they really screwed <laughs> up. They don't want that. Yeah. They, they that'll never happen. I mean, they it would did. be interesting to see if people would, you know, would petition it. But if why would they petition for me to 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 help you know and and supplant uh, Alex Azar um, when they're not even willing to call their own representatives for their their own their own local issue their own local issues? It's never going to happen. Yeah, there's going to be apathy when people die in rest homes or in prison populations, but there's going to be anger when it's your aunt or your uncle or. God forbid your your children, uh, and so I think we're going to come to that uh, inflection point at some point. And you know, once again, it's too late. <laughs> you know, we, we're going to we're going to have this is going to change um, everything about America. This is this is you know, uh, as as you say, Doctor Cachal, it's Chernobyl, uh, it's Spanish in- influenza, and Lehman Brothers all wrapped up in one. It's a nice and little hybrid, yeah, yeah. It is. It's crazy. You know, the 1918 flu took down um, the longevity rate of people by 10 years. <laughs> you know, literally, and and that only killed you know less than a million people in in the states. This could easily kill 10 million Easy. of the elderly. You know, we have almost 50 million elderly in this country. So it's only know, a matter of time. Be uh, you know Debbie Downer, but <laughs> you know, it's serious. You know, it. 
it would be awesome if, you know, uh, the president or, you know, a very close advisor for the president listens to this show and other shows that I've been on or my channel and, you know, says, hey, you know, Mr. President, you really need to listen to Paul's saying because it makes a lot of sense to prevent yeah. this from happening. Because if they keep on going down this road, they're going to have a catastrophe, a catastrophe. My goodness. And by the yeah. way, Doc, yeah. I had a question from uh, Mr. Frank Bacon. He wanted to ask, how long do you think the virus can live on paper money? Well, in the right environment, about nine days. Nine days. That's in, a, in the right environment. Yeah, that's yeah. a while. So yeah. it's getting enough time to infect that, leads, that, that, yeah. that leads us right into decaching, them wanting to do a decash. You know, there's this movement yeah. of decaching. So people, you know, have no recourse when there's negative interest rates. You see, you know, use this, use the yeah. pandemic to force the decaching that's been in the, in the works since 2015, you know, by the IMF, you know, with their working papers and you decash. So there's no coinage, there's no dollar bills and everything's digital and no one has the recourse to pull their money out of the bank. When you, you know, right now we can vote by just taking our money out of the bank. Right. Well, if yeah. you decash, you don't exactly. have that. You lose that. You lose they that can. voting power. And yeah. that's another they erosion of our civilization. Another reason why to break down the banks, to what, break the banks up. What were you saying, Thomas? I couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Um, they can digitally delete you, too. It, it, it's, um, yeah. you know, with full martial law, if they decide you are a voice that oh, uh, we don't want that out there. <laughs> you know, there's this kind of um, Orwellian on steroids, but it's true. And that's what we're going. You know, the first thing that attracted me to uh, listening to Paul Cottrell was when he talked about the Biopatriot Act and realizing how far reaching it could be. And, uh, you know, some of his audience got it, but a lot of them were mystified. I think it becomes uh, clearer every day what he's talking about. And, you know, it is right for him to be a medical Paul Revere. Because, you know, it's not the British are coming, it's the viruses, the pathogens, you know, the, mm -hmm. the global pandemics, mm -hmm. plural. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And, I, you know, yeah. and like I've said on, on Michael's show and many others, I wish I was wrong. I really do. I, 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 you know, a lot of people, they say something and they, you know, they, they get into their own, you know, theories and they try to, you know, they have cognitive dissonance to just prove their own theory. You know, I, I'm looking for yeah. ways to be proven wrong. And it's just every day yeah. I wake up, you know, and it's like, it's just another data point that's pointing me into this, into this over, overarching theory that there, we have serious problems coming. And it's, yeah. it, it, yeah. it's deadly and it's an erosion of our civil liberties. And I, I, I you yeah. know, and I, I, I honestly, I feel depressed because of it. Because I see it happening and I can't stop it. Because in my mind, the only way to stop it is for us all to work together. But I don't see enough people getting up and doing something. There's a lot of people getting informed, but they're not. You know, it's passive. To be informed, that's a passive thing. But they actually do yeah. what we're doing, making content and, and trying to you know reach our, our, our uh, representatives and, and trying to uh, uh, get people prepared and, um, 
you know, and, and teaching people, well, if the medical system breaks down and you can't get to a doctor, what can you take that is antiviral that, you know, grandma used to do or, or what's, you know, in, in the nutraceutical realm or the, the homeopathic, you know, arena, um, that informs people. But there needs to be much more people out there mm-hmm. that's more engaged to tell these the, the, the money, the money people, the, the, the money changers and the, and, the, and the politicians, enough is enough that we're going back to a pre-9-11 yeah. day and we're not going to have never-ending surveillance. But I don't see enough people willing yep. to stand up and do that. And that is what makes me very depressed. Yeah. I'm very sad that the state of this country is. Yeah. It's, um, there's rumors out there, you probably have heard them too, that the military is uh, prepared for a, a, a much uh, a deeper impact with coronavirus than what the government admits to. Right now, so of course it's going to be the military that's ready to to mobilize. I had someone on my show, a military guy, right? That's current active active duty, and he told me that um, they are trained that if someone was to break quarantine, or let's say people outside the quarantine area were um, um, trying to um, uh, uh, prevent the FEMA camps from happening that they are, they are trained to shoot on the citizen. And I said, well, you know, and he says, you know, if, you know, if it's, let's say a group of 10 and he said, yeah, we're trained to that. And I said, if it's a group of 50,000, what would you do? And he said, we wouldn't shoot. So the point here is, is that if you have enough people involved, the military will stand out. But if the, if, if it's just onesies, yeah. twosies, you're going to get a bullet in your head. That's why I keep on saying yeah. it's, it, it, we, we, through numbers have power. But once we start thinking egocentrically and we're not willing to help our neighbor and to be one, you know, one, a one community, then we've lost the battle. And uh, right now, the way I see yeah. it, is no one in America really wants to do anything. They're worried about their own little selves. Yeah. And we have to come together. We're, we're a nation that supposedly was born of revolution. Right. So why aren't we, you know, going back and, and, and taking the same approach that look, Washington didn't, you know, he took one day off in seven years for this nation. Right. Mm-hmm. We've all mm-hmm. got to look to him and, 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 and emulate him. You know, well, the big difference is they didn't have 5G. Or, you know, they, have, they didn't have GMOs and 5G <laughs> and, and, and Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> what exactly yeah. is your take, doctor, on 5G? You know, I think it. I think it's a technology. I think it's for two things to bring up here. It's a technology to be able to implement real time surveillance of of networks, where not only are they surveilling you, they're surveilling secondary and tertiary connections to you in real time. And then I think that five G lowers the immune system. And possibly there's some evidence where uh, children that are affected, you know, get these strange cancers. Um, so, it, you know, it may be, you know, oncogenetic, but um, definitely surveillance technology and definitely uh, reduces your immune system. Very interesting. Still there? Yeah, I thought I thought uh, Thomas was going to jump in there. Unless we, I, I, unless we lost I, them. I, I, I think he's right. I, I, 
I think he's right. I'm just, uh, you know, what happens with me is I also get depressed. Uh, you know, I, I'm a composer, doctor, and uh, it's pretty much on my metier. But I've spent most of my life studying these pestilences, and I started to sound the alarm in January and got the same, you know, blowback um, that you did, which is, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're a fear monger, right? You've got a much bigger platform than me. My music platform is about 20,000, but uh, a little alt channel that I do, you know, I, I got limited feedback, but most of it was, oh, you know, calm down. And now it's coming true. And the reason why I was able to uh, accurately predict this is because I have studied it uh, since the 70s. And I've studied a, a number of pestilences. Um, and, you know, this one, <laughs> you're right. We are, um, we have a weak underbelly right now and much weaker than we did in 1918. Uh, we were hardened from war. Uh, exactly. People were physically active. Yeah. Yeah. The industrial re revolution. Uh, now people sit in front of their computers. We have a generation of kids who are going to have scoliosis because they're hunched over technology all day. Um, you know, we're, we're cyber hermits. Uh, mm -hmm. And we're going to go to rallies. How, how will this affect the political landscape? That's what I'm wondering. You've got both Sanders and Trump, and they believe in these large crowds i think that could change within six weeks too uh, this thing well is, uh, i mean these, gonna, these large know. crowds are going to spread the spread the disease um yeah. and you know but in terms of a a, a a general election against trump or sanders i think deep down inside america is not socialistic I, I, you know, we're more of oh, you know, free market capitalism. So, and he, he, you know, he's he's a flat out communist. So, I mean, I don't think that he I don't think he's yeah. going to win. He's a Bolshevik, and open borders—that's yeah. a killer, right there, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> that's the right. worst thing in the world right. for America right now. So, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of Sanders, and plus the old adage: don't change horses in midstream. I think that Trump. Um, will react properly. I, I, I'm not a fan of Pence whatsoever, but, um, I have a feeling that Trump is going to, he won't show contrition, but he'll be Johnny on the spot and he'll get the right guys in there. Um, because he does love the American people and, you know, he's not a professional politician. So, you know, well, I don't worry. That's true. Any, I mean, he's, um, he's, he's not a professional politician, but, you know, there's a lot of things that he's done have been good things. And I, you know, I applaud him for the things that he's done. And yeah. I, I, but in this case, I just think he's too late to the party. He could, he could have been much more aggressive to prevent the contagion from happening. And it's surprising because he's a germaphobe. That's true. But yet he doesn't yeah, act like a germaphobe. I mean, it's, it's like, it's so <laughs> ironic. Well, I mean, when he slept with, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, who he slept <laughs> with, uh, it is kind of ironic. So, yeah, Stormy Daniels. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, joking with my friends that 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 if we all invest in cryptocurrency right now, we're going to all end up like Howard Hughes. We'll be isolated and furiously washing our hands all day. <laughs> we will all be right. Howard Hughes. I already have OCD, <laughs> and I wash my hands at least um, every like every other hour. I'm washing my hands. To be honest with you, that's part of the OCD. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, doing that and also uh, washing my face, too. 
You That's know? important. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm doing that like, uh, I don't know, five, six yeah, times so, a day. So, so my so worry is that, out, you know, my, I, I, I'm in a situation yeah. where I don't have to travel that much outside the house, except for the dog. Yeah. Know, the dog has to be let out. But I'm, you know, I'm worried if just taking the dog out and having the dog, you know, contracting the something. The dog can, yeah. You know, especially with, we yeah. have a case now in Manhattan. Yeah, there's cases all you over know, the and, place. And, and, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's going to be, it's all, I mean, Manhattan is the nexus because everyone comes into work and then they go mass mass transit to, to their home, you know, either in Connecticut or New Jersey or Staten Island or Long Island or the Bronx or wherever. Brooklyn, you know, and it's, it, it, yep. I am positive that we have hundreds of cases in New York now just roaming around and it's under the radar of influenza. You know? Yeah. So Here's what I think is, I mean, be, I, um, I make it, I make it sick and then I'll be doing my, I'll be doing my YouTube channel <laughs> as, as I progressively die from COVID-19. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. let me say something. You know, anything for so, views, right? Clickbait. <laughs> 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 so, uh, look at the hospitality industry. What is going to happen to that? Restaurants, catering, you know, weddings, um, right. you know, uh, business retreats. That's going to be impacted like crazy too. No one is extrapolating what the future is going to look like. So I can understand the frustration. I mean, right now, um, I have a friend that has a Japanese, a well-known Japanese restaurant in the Upper East Side, and her restaurant's doing pretty well at the moment. Hmm. Um, but there, there are restaurants um, in uh, like Chinatown that they they have lost about fifty percent of their revenue. I could believe that. Yes. No one's going. No one's going wow. to Chinatown. Yeah. No one wants so, to get you know, so it just depends on where you're talking about in Manhattan, where the the economic downturn is because of this. Yeah, yeah, this is just crazy. You know, uh, I have to tell you a story, Doctor Joel. So, uh, right as Lehman Brothers was failing, I was uh, in Paris with Lee Iacocca celebrating his uh, what was it, eighty uh, fifth or eighty sixth, and he rented out the Eiffel Tower and hired Alain Ducasse as the chef. And he had uh, belly dancers the whole nine yards. He was a, he, he was a mentor and, and uh, just a, one of the most wonderful human beings on the planet. Nice. Okay. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a while ago. So, yeah, I mean, you, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Iacocca, you know, he, he, he was from Michigan, you know, he was well known, you know, running Chrysler yep. and, you know, saving Chrysler. He, he, he ran um, Ford, but he was pushed out because of the Ford family. And then he went to Chrysler to, 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 to run uh, yeah. that. And he basically saved Chrysler from bankruptcy when he got the special loan yeah. provisions from the federal government. So he was a well-known uh, savior for, uh, for mm -hmm. Chrysler. So, yeah, and he also was the, the, the head guy for the 64 Mustang, which I think he, uh, Debbie Reynolds and Frank Sinatra were the, uh, were the people who did the commercial for that. The beautiful mm -hmm. car, wonderful car. That's right. You know, that's yeah, right. I, you know, uh, yeah, that's right. And the thing was is that they wanted, what was interesting about, about uh, Iacocca when he was launching the uh, Mustang 
he it, originally they wanted it to be longer, a longer car. Because at that time, cars were, you know, th- they were just bigger cars. And yeah. they wanted to compete with, with Corvette. Um, and Iacocca's answer to the Corvette was the Mustang. But um, yeah. he, he sat in the back seat of, of the prototype and he said, nope, I want it shorter. And that, you know, that brought that the whole body line, and, and you know, to make the car more sexy looking and more, you know, you know, uh, hot rod oriented um wow but uh yeah i mean you know because i was an automotive engineer i you know you know i, I i'm into that yeah you're a car guy cars, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so but but you the mustang you. is a beautiful car <laughs> and it was interesting it's just that it, the body lines today of the mustang go back to the 1960 body lines and it was the, the 80s yeah. in the 80s yeah. that was the that was the that was the terrible uh, decade for the mustang it was just like it looked like a, yeah. a like a, a Ford Escort. Oh, those were all cars in the eighties. They're you all know, dead and traps. It was like, oh my God! That you know the, the five liter Mustang in the eighties was was a. I mean, it had a nice engine, but the body. Oh my God! The the coupe, the coupe. Yeah. Is what I'm talking about the 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 um <laughs> the the soft top, the convertible was decent looking, but I mean, just that coupe was just a. They called it the pig. It, it, you know, behind the scenes, you know, yeah. you know, auto, automotive designers <laughs> and engineers, we called it the pig because it just was so had such a, a big butt at the, at, you know, rear end that uh, it, it didn't have the body lines. But once uh, Jay May um, came on board as the, the, the designer at Ford, he really brought back those 1960 lines. Uh, back into the yeah. Mustang. It's a, it's a beautiful car now. I'm looking at the uh, 2020 model, the so, Ford Mustang. Do you like that car? The body, that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks but nice. I'm more of a fan of the Corvette. Okay. Honestly, right Corvette, now. man. I think the Corvette, once they put, once they put the, um, once they put the, the headlights, mm. uh, uh, out, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't telescopic. Right. You know, which was the, and the, the, the body of the 2020 Corvette looks like, looks like a Ferrari. And that's where they should have gone. Since we're on the subject. You know, it's, a mid, it's a mid-engine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it's got that Ferrari look. I, I got to ask so you, Doctor. I don't think, I've, really, ever, I don't think well, I've ever asked you. If I could butt in really quickly, Michael. Oh, go ahead. Um, Sorry. Just a quick, okay, quick little story. I'm with Lee Iacocca and a couple other people and his girlfriend, uh, you know, stunning 50-year-old woman named Jackie. We're in um, Siena or outside of Siena, Italy, where he has a winery. And then we fly back um, on a Gulf Stream back to the States. And as he's going through customs, he's got a big trench coat. And he's got perma hams, these huge perma hams. <laughs> Customs caught him, but let him go because he was Lee Iacocca, an American icon. Right. Funny as hell. <laughs> nice. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I was yeah. just going to quickly add to the conversation, um, Doctor. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Elon Musk at all. What exactly is your take on Elon Musk and also his vehicles that he's been putting out? Well, I mean, he's a um, he, he's uh, somewhat of a prodigy. You know, he's a he did very well in coding. That's where he you know got his first you know several millions of dollars. Um, and 
you know, he's uh, he's an idealist. He, uh, he is an engineer uh, by trade. Um, I think it's mechanical engineering, maybe aerospace. I think it's mechanical, um, undergrad level. But he's a person that is self-taught. He can go into a library and teach himself many things. Uh, he's kind of like the, yeah. the Howard Hughes of today, um, you know, with multiple yeah. industries. Now, in terms of Tesla, uh, yes. it's a great idea. You know, he 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 was pitching Tesla as a a holistic approach with Solar City. You get you 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 uh, get your energy from the sun from the solar panels on your house, and you charge your car, which happens to be a Tesla, and then you drive it around. Right? Um, it's a great idea for suburbia. It doesn't work for someone like me that's living in you know a high density area like New York or Chicago. Right. Um, where do you plug it? Where do you plug it in? There's no infrastructure for that. So, but it works great for suburbia. So it's, it's an ingenious idea. Um, but here's the problem. Uh, because he's a coder, he thought that you could just put a beta, uh, you know, a product out and that the users will eventually get all the bugs out and then the next version would be better. Well, you can't do that with cars because cars can kill people. That's true. You know, software doesn't kill people, all right? So he he had too much of this this Silicon Valley beta testing with the user base versus building more and more prototypes and and doing adequate testing before you rolled out the, your production model. Not only that, um, it, it takes a while for plants, new plants. Um, to learn the fit and finish, the, 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 to build a car with, with proper fit and finish. Uh, you can't just build a plant with new tooling and just snap things together. There, there's, a, there's a finesse that happens when you're building a car. There's a lot of like handworking to get that fit and finish proper, properly. So if you look at a Tesla, um, the fit and finish isn't like as, as good as it will be in the future. I mean, it will be a nice car in the future, but I would not buy a, a Tesla right now because of the fit finish issue. They're pretty goddamn expensive, man. Have you ever driven a uh, Tesla? No, I haven't. They're pretty I fun. I have seen a lot of them in New York, they're, a lot of them in New York, and they're very quiet. Trust me, they're very nice to drive. It's almost like a very, very quick go-kart is the best way to describe it. Here's the problem from an engineering uh, a design design perspective. I see the Tesla, there's a flaw in the design, especially when you're looking at it from, let's say, the Mustang or the Corvette. It feels like you're driving an iPad. It's a, it's an iPad with wheels. Pretty much. It's a battery yeah, with so wheels, this, right? Yeah. So you got this big, you got this big iPad screen. <laughs> yes, you do. You know, controlling your car. Yeah. Right? But when you, but, but there's something, there's something that, uh, that, that, that connection between man and machine where you want that motor to, to sound like a motor. You want mm. it to, to roar. Mm-hmm. You want it to vibrate the, the, the body, right? The, 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 the chassis, you know, and you want those dials because that they kind of remind you of race car. You're a total muscle you know, race car cars, guy. Race cars don't have iPads. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. it, it doesn't, it, 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 he, he, he's too techy for, or uh, it, it would be a nice car if he if he went to let's say 
uh, cockpit module that was a little bit more like the Corvette or mm-hmm. even the Viper. You know, when you're talking about a Chrysler car, you know, the Viper I thought was a, a, a beautiful design car, exterior and interior. So the dashboard of the Viper in a Tesla, I'd say, yeah, do it. But get away from that iPad, that iPad with, with wheels. That's funny. I just, I just, yeah, I just, it just, it doesn't have the DNA of cars. It's a little I mean? odd, yes. And it has the DNA of an <laughs> iPad. Amazing. And how, how about the cyber truck? My God. That looks, <laughs> that looks like an abortion. <laughs> I just like, I, you know, I, um, I, I just thought it was a, 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 a design abortion. That's <laughs> it's a very odd looking car. I, it's like, <laughs> I, just, I don't think that that's, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the design of it at all. Yeah, I'm not with it. And even, and, and I knew it was a prototype, but you even look at the prototype, um, the fit and finish, when you look at the, the body panels and the door panels, it didn't, at certain angles, you can see that it doesn't match. There's like a step. It doesn't, it doesn't fully flow. And if you make these sharp, I, I, you know, maybe I'm being too nuanced with all this, but, but when you, when you have sheet metal that's really sharp bent, it's very, it's, it's very hard to match quarter panels and the door correctly. You, and, and there's no, there's, there's no sexy, 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 uh, um, uh, curvature on the body to get those, that, that the reflective lines in the sun to really accentuate the body with this, this flat, this, this, this real flat, um, uh, really sharp sheet metal bending technique that they're doing on that body. You, 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 you can't add in that, that or the, the design reflective lines. A lot goes into, into body work. People probably don't realize this, but when you see the, when you see the reflection line on a car, on the side of a car, there, there is at least about three or 400 hours spent on getting that reflection line and people don't realize that. And he did. And, and because he quickly made that product, uh, that prototype, you can see that he didn't put in that, that, that extra time for finesse, but you know, maybe I'm just looking at it too deeply because I'm, you know, I used to be an auto, you know, auto car guy. That's okay. Yeah. These uh, cars look, um, look rather unusual with their chosen frame. And I'm looking at the time now and the doctor, it's been it's been almost two hours, and I want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but it's always an honor and pleasure to have you here. And I had a great time. I had fun. I hope you had fun too, Doctor. Yes, I, I enjoy coming on your show and, and, and talking to your other guests. And uh, uh, you know, thanks for your com- contribution, Michael, no to problem. this this particular problem that that our country's facing. And thank you, uh, uh, Thomas, for for your knowledge and, and and your and your perspective. And before you, helpful. yeah. And before Thank you go, doctor. before Thank you me. leave a doctor, any final parting words? Well, I think the main theme here that we've been talking about for two hours is that we need to work together and act. We have to act. We can't just sit on the couch and passively, you know, learn what's going on. We have to get engaged. And, um, you know, I, I am concerned about our country and all of the dominoes that could fall that that us three have been talking about on this program t- tonight. And hopefully the ones that listen right now and the ones that will listen later um, will feel emboldened to do something to save our country. 
we we have a great country, but it's only when we are engaged can we maintain that great country. I agree. We are too complacent with how we carry ourselves here in America. Very sheltered. So we don't worry until yeah. it happens to someone we know or it happens to us. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Oh, hopefully yeah. people get yeah. off their ass and act a little bit smarter. We'll find out. But, Doctor, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. I'm sure I'll talk to you again in the very near future. Definitely. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Capral. It's a pleasure to, to, to speak with you tonight. Same here. Thank you, Thomas. Take care, buddy. Mahalo. Later. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care, gentlemen. And there Good he night. goes. Uh, Thomas, we're not done yet. Where are you going? Oh, okay. Oh, we're not done, well, I Thomas. Go look on, I was looking for a 1973 Ford Falcon uh, XBGT uh, coupe, you know, the uh, the Mad Max car. Yeah, that's a great car. <laughs> so, Thomas, <laughs> so, uh, Thomas you, you got to talk to me here a little bit before we shut this shit down. Uh What's been going on with you? Why why are you so popular online now? Why are there so many messages in my inbox talking about you? Okay. Uh a gentleman who was a um an actor uh died on May thirteenth, twenty nineteen of last year, and there is suspicion that he was uh murdered and there is a ton of evidence that they were trying to point to me as a pre-selected patsy. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's not so unusual uh, if uh, someone dies mysteriously uh, that the guilty party or parties uh, will try to run a distraction campaign. In fact, one of them is in the uh, chat room right now. Really? I'm not going to mention that. But, oh, yes, Absolutely. They're dogged. <laughs> they, they, they chased me uh, all over the place um, 24-7. This particular one is in coronavirus-ridden uh, Long Beach. Mm. Um, and she, she equates herself to a creature that is a predator uh, made of cartilage. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. Yep. So the doctor's gone. I can smoke, right? You could do whatever you want, my friend. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's really on top of it. He really is. He really is. I was just, I I was just surprised that you had uh, so many, so many fans that follow you around the internet and send me nice messages about you. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty, Uh, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was nice. They seem to love you. Yeah, in a different way. Well. I do have some some good supporters, and they've been great. Uh, and look, the, um, the the negative ones, by uh, their uh, constant negative efforts, it's only making the case that Steve uh, Otram and others have have been putting forth, which is this is obviously uh, an operation, and uh, you know I am you know Richard Jewell. You know, with piano skills. If memory serves correctly, you were also mentioned in, in an article, The Daily Beast, if I recall. Yes, that's what, part of the operation. What was that Will all about? Summer. Well, okay, so 
there's a fellow named Manuel Chavez. Uh, he goes by the moniker Elusive Man, and his previous nom de plume was Defango. So he's known Will for a while, and they were part of a um, <sighs> psyop called uh, Q-Killers. So what they wanted to do was to terrorize um, whoever were the patriarchs of uh, Q, praying medic, and I forgot the other names. I was never a Q guy. Uh, but at any rate, they started uh, Q-Killers with a certain uh, pack and um, some other people we're not going to mention. So uh, that happened, and it preceded Isaac Cappy's death. Now, Isaac was uh, a Q follower. He described Q as his dad, and he was hounded repeatedly because he was a whistleblower who was pointing to Hollywood and saying there has been a century-long cult of pedophilia there, which is true. You can look at Louis B. Mayer and what he was doing with 14-year-old you know, farm girls from the Midwest. Uh, you can look at the whole stage mother situation, and that definitely points to um, you know, women selling their daughters. They're underage daughters. Interesting. So it, it, we know it from Howard Weinstein and, you know, yeah. all that. It's it's still around. Yeah. I mean, look, in, in in your experience, what did you think of Bill Cosby and Kevin Spacey five years ago? Well, wow, I, icons. Well, right? I kind of already knew they were pieces of shit, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, you're from California. Of so course. You know, I heard stories. Well, you know, I hear things. I kind of already knew what they were up to years ago. Many did. Yeah. I knew it too. And I was uh, living in Hollywood, uh, working as a lead singer and also as a vice president of a company. And I saw things close up. I saw things as a teenager at nightclubs where it was normal for lecherous 45-year-old guys to be hitting up, um, you know, 15-year-old girls with fake IDs. Yep. And here I was, you know. 16 or 17, you know, hanging out. Uh, so I remember seeing some of the bands there, Quiet Riot and uh, oh God, Gang of Four. I'm dating myself, you know, X. Um, but, you know, it was part of that culture. And there was one uh, nightclub in particular, which was the Starwood. And so I had the fake ID uh, <laughs> and you just see everything there. You know, there was a lot of drugs uh, there. I was not a druggie, so... Um, you know, I was a sober guy who got the girl. <laughs> and you're also a composer, by the way, and I've heard some of your music. Pretty good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you're you. pretty yeah, good, man. That's I, what I do. I forgot to mention it to you in private, yeah. but you are you're pretty good on the piano there. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It's, um, you know, it is one of my few talents, but uh, I've I've mastered it. I've been at it, you know. For, uh, most of my life, you know, I started out uh, early. For sure. So, so, so Thomas, I tell have... me about Seth Rich. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I was never interested uh, in Seth Rich. I know that, you know, Comey came out and um, called out Hillary Clinton uh, basically said she was an unindicted criminal, but then he said no reasonable uh, prosecutor would pursue it. And I think it was, what, uh, 
six or seven days after that, that he was dead. I think he came out, what? No, he came out on July 5th, and July 10th was the death of Seth Rich. But it was, you know, not something I had a keen interest in. I know it did interest a lot of people. Uh, I, I, you know, we we had a client in Dallas who was um, fixated with it. And uh, there was a man, this Defango character, uh, did all sorts of, um, YouTube videos about it. He seemed um, pretty obsessed about it as well. For me, um, wasn't my, my, my bag. I was focused on, uh, Netanyahu and his corruption. And I ended up being right on that. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's right now going to have to, you know, face the Supreme court. Um, I was focused on other issues, which I didn't want Hillary to win. So I'm happy that she lost. I think we dodged a huge bullet with that. And um, yeah, I I don't think Bernie has a chance. He has no uh, chance. So yeah, no, he's yeah. not going to win. But it's funny. Yeah, he, he's not. I I think no. You got to be fucking stupid to think uh, he's going to win. To be honest with you, he's not a part of the establishment. Biden is the chosen messiah. Yeah, oh, scary guy scary guy, him and Hunter. And, you know, the, the bottom line is this, is that the DNC has um, people in place. They, they have the Obama CIA, right? They have um, the seventh floor of the FBI. Uh, however, Trump has uh, the heart of the people. And there are a lot of people who, um, you know, put every roadblock that they could in front of him. Uh, and he defied all odds. Um, and, you know, he is that bull in a china shop. So that's why I wanted to see him win. Now, I haven't always been happy with everything that he's done. Um, but, you know, when are you ever completely happy with any president? You know, maybe William uh, uh, Harrison. I mean, he had the, uh, the dignity to go into a coma right after his inaugural speech. That's a joke. I know. I was just imagining it in my head. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. There's a guy named there's a guy named Jim Cameron that I think would make an excellent president. Uh he's in the chat right now and you know, he's a uh powering figure, I think six three or six four. Um, you know, very, very smart and he uh is a troll slayer. He can he can devastate someone in one sentence. Really? So you know. Oh yeah. Got to look at Chip Camera. He's a he's a rock star. We'll have to keep that in mind. And by the way, what do you know about Isaac Cappy? Okay, Isaac Cappy came on the scene in July of uh, 2018. He was pointed out to me by a guy named Brian Word, who goes by Duality, a man. And Isaac came out, as you know, um, pointing fingers at Seth Green. And uh, Claire Grant. And so at that point, I knew some YouTubers who had, you know, they were considered uh, up and comers or influencers. So one of them was Nathan Stoltman. Uh, you know, I said, hey, this guy is uh, out of Hollywood and he's making some huge accusations. And he was immediately interested. And, you know, no one knew how that interview would go. But for whatever reason, uh, it became huge, and it led to all these other things. 
And so that's, um, it's interesting that you ask that because I think that um, in a circumstantial way, that's part of the reason why I was selected uh, as a patsy to point fingers at uh, because the people who gatekeep for these pedophiles blame me and say that Thomas Schumberger made Isaac Cappy famous. He needs to go. So people are blaming you. Let me get this straight. People are blaming you for the death of Isaac Cappy. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. Really? They blamed me for, for making him famous when I didn't. I simply referred him to Nathan Stoltman of Lift the Veil. And then is that the guy who been a, is is that the guy who wears diapers? That is the guy. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead, continue. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, but you know he's, um, you know Nathan can do some very good shows. Um, you know I'm I'm, I'm not going to cut him down. You know and he I didn't did mean to cut him down. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut him down. It's yeah. just that's the only memory I have. The only thing in my mind that I've ever seen of the guys when he was wearing diapers. I just. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, yeah. disrespect them out there. No, by the no, way. no, no, no. You're you're fine. And, you know, I know that Panthers uh, pulled their um, their corporate support from the Savale after Isaac's death, and I found that curious. That's also a joke, Michael. Um, um, yes, <laughs> trust me. I'm smiling the whole the whole time. <laughs> I'm, I've been smiling for a long time now. Okay, okay. So yeah, it, it, as far as Isaac, he died. Um, May 13th, we all learned about it on May 14th. Uh, I'm immediately attacked by this Defango character. Um, next day, one of his, uh, one of his, uh, friends, a guy out of Australia, Peter Priest, Ella High Priest, they call him, also calls me, threatens me. And then it was just, um, you know, a deluge of attacks and they have not ceased. So I get them uh, repeatedly. They've called family members. Uh, you know, this is uh, weaponized uh, grade troll. And they also attack my friends. They, they attract uh, hoax wars. Uh, they've attacked um, the potential presidential candidate, Jim Camera. Uh, they've attacked Steve Okrum, who's this uh, tremendous um, evidence-based researcher. Uh, they've attacked Wyatt Earp, uh, uh, who's a uh, uh, Australian researcher. Uh, it has been anybody who uh, supports me or wants to hear my side of the story or has a nice thing to say about me. Uh, they descend upon them like uh, honey badgers. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you sound it like is. a decent guy. I don't think you've killed anyone. Not lately. Not lately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, literally, I can I can count the number of people I killed on my um, uh, right hand. Well, pardon me, not. no, <laughs> no, I don't kill people. Uh, Obviously, number one and number two, I uh, I didn't know Isaac that well. I never met Isaac. Uh, he died on May thirteenth um, in a place called Belmont, uh, Arizona, and this wacko uh, Kelly Giannini. She goes by Shark Belly Kelly. She's here now. Um, let me give you. An, she's here. She's here now. So let me give you an example of what. Yeah. So right she's now she's yeah, she's, an, she's in the chat room right now okay. saying Isaac loved me as a good friend and he knew Thomas was an infiltrator. Oh, she, she 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 met him once at a garage sale 
and then went to pick him up when he came from Australia. He was unaware of it. He was not pleased. So she's created this fantasy, which looks like she was setting him up for murder. She has uh, a deceased husband who was uh, a career criminal who uh, was given a 12-year sentence for kidnapping and was a member of the Warlocks uh, biker gang. And this woman is a monster. She has uh, told the world, uh, hey, Thomas has a black Mercedes. He was in Arizona at the time. Total bullshit. I wasn't in Arizona when Eliza Cappy died. I had no knowledge of it. I had never met him. And uh, we can certainly connect her to players who are behaving very suspiciously. So as far as Shark Billy Kelly, um, you know, the one the one interesting thing is she's in Long Beach and she's an older person and Long Beach is, you know, the shipping port of LA. That's so right. uh, you know, she better she better wear a mask. Uh, you know, I think that'd be a good idea to put a mask on the shark. Don't go outside. Be like be like that guy in the movie Bubble Boy. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Do you remember the uh, Seinfeld episode with that too? I sure do. <laughs> oh my, That's pretty funny. So Thomas, <laughs> you know, we're, we've been on here a while. We're we're sort of winding down, and you know, Thomas, what are you going to tell all these individuals out there, the ones that are in the chat room, the ones who dislike you so much and have been saying? Uh, very naughty things about you. What would you tell those individuals right now, since they're all listening? Um, I have nothing to say to them uh, because nothing. anything that I've said before is only prompted attacks. Um, they know what they are, and they know what they do. So uh, I'm here. I had a wonderful discussion with Dr. Crutchell today. We talked about matters of great import rather than uh, psychological slash attacks on a person they've never met. So I, hear you. I, I think I'm following, yeah, I'm following my cause, which uh, I, you know, as, as you know, uh, Paul and I were probably the, the two people on YouTube to raise the alarm when there was under 50 deaths, um, you know, him because of his precocious, um, medical gifts. And for me, because of my historical interest in specialists. So uh, it was great that you put us both on there. As far as these trolls, it doesn't matter what I do. Uh, it doesn't matter where I go. They they will chase me. But They're going to follow you. <laughs> yeah, this okay. is what they, what they do. It, you know, it, it no longer bothers me anymore. And I don't give them energy. I didn't give them a lot of oxygen. Now, as far as uh, shark belly, I think she should have oxygen. I think she would, she should be beached. <laughs> she can get all the oxygen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> My God. Well, Thomas, right? I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. It's been a great time talking to you. I hope you also had fun tonight. I had a blast, Michael. You know, nice. I've heard so many good things about you, and you've got a huge fan uh, in Jamon, you know, Jared T. Swift. Right. Uh, who, you know, pointed out um, just how gifted you are. Uh, you know how to write, uh, you know, you know how to do a good interview, and you understand the tempi of uh, your interviewee. 
Well, that's very nice of him to say that. Yeah, he's a good guy. And uh, I can give you his PayPal address. He, he wanted me to read it off air, but I don't think I should. Okay. That's a joke, Michael. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, Thomas, again, any final words before I let you go? Um, anything you want to say? The floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it, look, as far as these um, malcontent doctors, it's not going to matter anymore. We're going into a, a brave new world. And so all these people who are um, trolling, well, <laughs> you're going to be facing real trolls on the streets. And I think that people are uh, better served uh, preparing for what's coming down the pike. My God. Well, Thomas, this is the part where we part ways. And again, I want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program. Loved having you here. We will definitely have to do this again, and I'm sure we will. Sounds great, Michael. I really appreciate it. And buena notte, as I say in Italian. Very nice. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, Thomas. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, Michael. Good Good night. God bless. I love telling people God bless, even though I'm an atheist. I always thought that was pretty fun. Once again, I want to thank all of you for being a part of the program, too. You in the chat room, I see all of you. How time just flies by in an instant. My God. Remember, you can get a hold of me during the show via Twitter, at Michael Deacon. Send me a message there, and I'll try to do my best to respond. And don't forget, if you're a fan or listener of this program and want to help fund the program, sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And that's where you'll find premium content. It's pretty goddamn good, I promise. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Only if you want to help. We're always trying to help. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support as well. Now... That chat was pretty goddamn fascinating, and I will return very, very soon. I promise. Remember to stop shaking hands with strangers and start boosting those immune systems. The biological warfare is ahead. Stay safe, everyone. No matter where you are on this island Earth, I'm Michael Deacon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. Life itself is a mysterious place.